Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies or television. I'm your host, Christian. Joe me is Joseph. Hello. Jason Hurt. Here I am. Still pirate hurt. <laughs> Still pirating Still you. a visual gag on a podcast. Correct. <laughs> uh, today we are going to be breaking down the illustrious and yet tumultuous career of one M. Night Shyamalan. Manoj Nelyatu Shyamalan. I Sham- looked it up. Shyamalan. I never, I, I like, my dyslexia really comes out when I try to pronounce his last name. Man, you know what I saw was cool about him? If you put the letter M into Google and hit space, he's one of the first things that come up. Wow. That's got to be cool to kind of yeah. have ownership on a letter yeah. in a space. That's like in a space. <laughs> yeah, you can't just do just the letter. Yeah. But the space, like Sesame Street. Well, wait, what would be the first thing for M? Yeah, I don't really remember. Mars. I think <laughs> I was trying to think of the sex thing that started with M because that seemed more. I guess Google wouldn't show that. Well, see, I think I, the, I think like the first four were all just M words, yeah. so they, oh. the space wasn't really real. They, gotcha. The first four was assuming you're an idiot. Gotcha. You can't spell right. Mars. I'm Mars gonna, Mars. I, I want to look this up after we're done. But anyway, uh, so yeah, M Night Shyamalan got a got a. Very sudden rise to fame. Very sudden rise to fame with the Sixth Sense, and then has has had some some ups and downs since then. And he's been around for twenty years. Yes, which is insane. Yeah, because I feel like Lady in the Water just came out. Right. It's so funny because in in my brain, I imagine that he had had like this big gap where like people didn't like him anymore. No. And but no, he's steadily made films yes. like every two or three years, Kept chugging along since well, since nineteen ninety nine. Well, I mean, he just made them whether people liked him or not. I mean, he did. Yeah, but somebody, somebody kept, gave him money. Yeah. Everyone just kept saying, this is going to be the one. Yeah. M. Night's coming. Night and is coming back. Every two or three times, it kind of was the one. That's so true. So they were kind of right. Also, if, if the IMDb trivia is to be believed, he was also offered a bunch of things that he should not have been offered. What? Can I just ask, like, some of the things? Uh, three Harry Potter movies. Oh, God. I threw uh, up a little bit. One, three, and four, supposedly. Crazy. Okay. okay. Now, hold on. Backtrack a little bit. I kind of would like to see his Sorcerer's Stone. I'll give him Sorcerer's Stone. I don't, I'll even give him Goblet of Fire because it's a shitty movie. See, I, I think of all of them, he'd probably be the best at three because one thing three didn't do well is nail the twist like the book did. That's fair. And this guy, he nails it's, twists. It's, That's yeah. his main it's thing. It's his main thing. That's a fair point. It is the first one really with a big twist. Right. They all have like little twists, but yeah. that was the one that I remember I was reading it at like... I don't know, like about one in the morning and I was about to go to bed and I got to the switch twist and I was like, well, shit, I just got to finish this thing. <laughs> he also was working with Steven Spielberg and writing the original Indy four, you know, like Indiana Jones four contra. Uh, no uh, way. Indiana. Four, fuck. I can't fucking Indiana say Indiana Jones four concept. Yeah. I was going to say script. I just couldn't fucking mm-hmm. say the word, but that just fell through and it never, this is like before he did. Actually, no, this is right after he did the, the sixth sense. Um, wow. But, that's a long time before Indy 4 actually came out. Though. It is. Indy 4 is in, in the works for a long time. Yeah. But I, I mean, I remember because there were a bunch of people who were like, after, after The Sixth Sense and uh, Unbreakable, they're like, this guy is the next Spielberg. Oh, God. I hate that phrase. I know. <laughs> also a writer. He also uh, co-wrote Stuart Little and, uh, and supposedly wrote some of She's All That, but that yeah. is in dispute. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that he's involved with She's All That, which I just think is crazy. That's, that's just funny. You know, the one with Freddie Prince Jr. and 
What's her name? Somebody else from Rachel the 90s. E. Cook. Rachel E. Cook is going to be at Pensacon this year. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm not sure. He actually has uh, Shyamalan. Actually, has a couple of, of credits to his his name prior to the Sixth Sense. Uh, a movie called Praying with Anger and Wide Awake. You know nothing about him and didn't have time to research him. Hashtag real phonies. So we're just going to go straight to uh, the Sixth Sense, starting in uh, 1999, starring. Haley Joel Osment, who else? And uh, and Bruce Willis and Donnie Wahlberg's in it. As I the, did not know yeah. that. He's the he's the guy who shoots him. Oh, I think we should probably it. go spoilers because there's really no yeah, way no, to talk the, about these movies. The, so, so look, we mentioned it, but M. Night there's Sha- a formula. M Night Shyamalan is is famous, infamous. Well, I don't know what's the word. Like, almost iconic for for having twists be a very important element of his movie, mm-hmm. where you you think it's one thing and then. At the very end of the movie, there's a twist, and everything you thought of, about the world is different. You know, I, I'm I'm sure I'm not the first boring white guy to make this observation, but uh, you know, he films two-hour Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, yeah. You know, at, at the end of it, the guy who you know is that is the last man on earth and just wants to read breaks his glasses. That's how all his movies end. And sometimes it's awesome, and sometimes it makes you groan. And you see, I, I think <laughs> I think that's kind of what hurt him, and because that's not that's not like a that's not like bad writing, and it's not it's not necessarily like his. I don't know. I don't think it's a bad choice for him to mm. have twists in his movies repeatedly. It's just I think the problem that one of the things that that started hurting him over time is people started looking for them they and were so associating you, him. Yeah, with and him. when you start watching the movie for the twist, you're not in like you're not getting. The experience well one thing that he did so well early on and i think you're right maybe it wasn't entirely his fault no maybe it was more our perception is he did such a good job of establishing clues in the movie that when the twist happened it made perfect sense right and yet the movie without the twist still made sense i know exactly where it's i'll wait till we get to it on the list but i'll know exactly where the first chink in the armor was okay He, he does start to abandon it and unfortunately when he tries to abandon it it gets real bad yep but Unbreakable is the you know it was a culture shock the first time people saw it and we, this is all spoilers. Yeah, I said that when people found out Bruce Willis was dead, literally everyone shat a brick. Okay, uh, we're still talking about Six Sense. You yeah. said Unbreakable. Yeah. Oh my bad, yeah. my bad. He reuses actors and it, it gets me a lot of well, Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah. Well, I you know here here's my story from the Sixth Sense. I, I had a I don't really even remember why, but I had befriended this mall cop. He was like. 40 years older than me. He kind of looked like Magnum P.I. He was a redneck. Looking back on it now, I can tell he was probably a horrible dude because he he was like a retired cop and stuff. But at the time, he seemed funny. And I was talking to him one day, and I had not seen The Sixth Sense at this point. He was like, hey, man, you seen that Sixth Sense? I was like, I haven't yet, but I really want to because I hear there's a big twist, and I don't want anybody to blow the twist. And he immediately says, after that sentence I just said, yeah, I can't believe Bruce Willis was dead the whole fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the amazing part of this story, though. When I got done with that, I was talking to my buddy Zach, and I was like, Man, I just talked to John, the security guard, and he blew the ending to Sixth Sense. He blew what the big twist was. And Zach somehow, from those context clues, clues was like, so Bruce Willis was dead the whole time? <laughs> I still don't know how the fuck he did that. <laughs> anyway. That's Jeez, impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. Uh, so one of the fun things I found out about this movie while I was researching it is that it's one of the two movies that Bruce Willis was obligated to do for Disney. After he ruined uh, another Disney project called The Broadway Brawler. <laughs> I did not know this. Uh, essentially, 
he was uh, the lead actor in the movie, did not get along with the director, eventually got the director fired, and then production after that point just fell to nothing. Um, and so they'd already sunk several million dollars into her, like, fuck you, Bruce Willis, you're going to do two movies for us at half price. One of them was this movie, and one of them was The Kid, which are honestly... Two of his best movies. Yeah, I like both well, of those And, movies. I mean, this one really gave him a second wind on his yeah, career. Yeah, He was starting to be on sort of a downslide, and this got him a few more years. Uh, the, like, creepy dead vomiting girl still scares me to mm. this day. Yep. It's very gross. Uh, this movie's good. Holds yeah, up it's, well. It is it's a good movie. It's definitely a yeah. good movie. I, it, it, it's it's better than Transformers. You can see why it set him on, on the path, and, you know, it, like you said, it's the... the I, I always like the Charlie Kelly version of the twist, though. The uh, I, I, Have you ever seen the episode of Sonny that's about M. Night? No. There's one, and Charlie Kelly thinks that the twist is, is that guy in the rug was Bruce Willis the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of the... Uh, you know, I don't give a fuck. I was going to try and try... I was going to try and fit in cameo, all of his cameos in here, and I just don't give that much of a shit. Yeah. He cameos in he all cameos of his He cameos in all of his movies, and they're, usually, they're most of the time small bits, except for Lady in the Water, where he's a writer, which I always think is bullshit no yeah but, the village he's pretty big in that movie too but now you know but yeah so i i wanted to, i wanted to kind of rank the twists not rank this i wanted to rate the twists comparatively to the icy dead people however i know i have the the bruce willis being dead the whole time however that's kind of the benchmark so yeah well it's the best so any rating See, anything? i'd give it third best third i'm interested third to hear what your other ones okay. are I mean, it's the original one. It's the one that set him on his path, so... I still think it's the one of the strongest. All right. Uh, well, so we followed that up the next year, 2000, with Unbreakable, also with Bruce Willis, who was not contractually obligated to be there, but looked like he was. Uh, <laughs> he does not act in this movie. He does not act in most movies. Uh, he's he's a, uh, David Dunn with uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Elijah Price, also Mr. Glass. Uh, Robin Wright's in this movie. Uh, it was a... Honestly, this movie came, like... At least 10 years too early. Absolutely. Well, here, here's, yeah, here's my thing with this. First of all, if it would have happened after 2008, the year superhero movies broke, it yep. would have been a huge hit. Absolutely. Yep. But I remember, people talk about right, right now that uh, trailers give away everything. And I think there's a bit of that that's true, but I think it's also we just have unlimited access to mm -hmm. the trailer. Whereas at this point, you saw the move trailer at the beginning of the movie or you fucked off. Those were your two options. And... Uh, People didn't go into this really knowing what it is. It didn't give away a lot in the trailer, and everybody thought it was going to be a horror movie because yep. the last one was a horror movie, and it looked kind of dark. So I can remember being in an early show of this, and there's a bunch of people in it, and when there's that first spiel on the screen about superhero comics, people were genuinely laughing at it. <laughs> so it was... It was wrong place and time for Absolutely. this to come out. And, and the word is that, that the marketing strategy was very intentional because the, a lot of the... A lot of the producers of the project were afraid that 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 the basic premise that it was a, a comic book movie it was a superhero movie it was going to turn people off to a you know a pretty serious movie yeah. right but uh, oh yeah so I've, I've realized we didn't do a plot for the sixth sense there's a kid who sees dead people I um, mean I don't think there's any humans on Earth who haven't seen this you know sense. I hope so but if not here's the here's what that is I mean the rest of these there's going to be humans who haven't seen yeah. them but the sixth sense everyone on yeah, earth has for seen sure. that movie so did you want to do the plot of Unbreakable or I mean it's a guy who somehow keeps surviving these crazy disasters begins to realize he has superpowers and he's nemesis as a black dude in a wheelchair well he meets a guy who tells him that yeah, hey maybe you have superpowers well, it's, 
It's him. Most of the movie is him being convinced. Of yes. That. Right. Definitely. That's true. One of the things I like about it is it, um, Samuel L. Jackson's the guy who's like the believer in the superheroes. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is the movie that starts off the, the Glass trilogy, which we're finishing off this weekend, I guess. But it's this idea that things that are in comic books, the, the, the amazing exploits are rooted in something true that's been exaggerated over the yeah. years. And so it's that's kind of this grounded superhero where it's not quite as ridiculous or spandexy or colory as what's, what's happening in the comics, but it's rooted in something that's true. His power set in the film is when he touches people, he can sense the danger they're in. Right. He, yeah. he has the, uh, you know, of course, he's like strong. strong and invulnerable, but he also has the ability when he touches someone, he can either see danger they're in or see bad things they've yeah. done. That sort of, sort of precognitive sort of thing. This movie's pretty good. I, 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 I love this one. This I one. actually don't think this movie holds up as well as The Sixth Sense does. Wow. I think the concept in this movie holds up really well, yep. and it's probably more timely, mm-hmm. which makes the movie hold up. That's fair. But I don't don't believe like the acting in it or the plot of this movie is is uh it's very basic i think it's more basic than some of his other films even some that aren't as good that i feel like you try to be a little more complex than this one is mm-hmm. this movie is more about a statement on comic books and comic book movies before there were comic book movies which, which makes it timely now and but. supposedly this movie was was based off of the first third of a script that he originally wrote for it which is, uh, it to me, indicates that he knew that the audience was going to take longer to accept in the same way that mm. you, David Dunn takes a long time to like kind of buy into it. He was like, we need to really settle in and like, you know, test your disbelief on the, just the concept of this movie, which you wouldn't have to these days. Right. But, but yeah. you, you did then. I uh, see. I, I disagree because uh, while the acting is not good, I'll grant you that. And it's kind of slow. It's kind of boring sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's got two of my favorite scenes in Shyamalan movies. Which is uh, the first scene when he? Well, not the first scene. The, actually, the the train scene is actually pretty good. Um, but the scene after that, where he wakes in the, up in the hospital, and it's just the slow, slow zoom um, into to him on on the bed talking to the the doctor while the doctor's explaining, you know, all this stuff that mm-hmm. the train accident, everybody's dead, but you're fine. And while that's happening, it's zooming over this this only other survivor that's like on life support. You hear the you know the beep beep. But then you, you start hearing the heart rate go up, and then you start seeing him bleed out on the thing. As you're, like, not in focus, but as you're zooming in, it's an yeah. amazing shot. Yeah. I really, really love that shot. The I will say the, uh, and I know it's kind of probably overplayed out, but the, the, the drowning in the pool when there's, like, the tarp, that that scene, even though I'm sitting in a large open theater on a giant screen, made me feel claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was drowning in that mm-hmm. moment. It, well, and, uh, you know, I mean... How much acting did Bruce Willis really need to do in this movie, though? You know, I mean, he was kind of bland, but he was playing a bland dude. Definitely true. It's kind of my problem. When I say, like, I think, like, the character structure in this movie Mm -hmm. isn't super great. Like, I just, I I don't gravitate to my protagonist very well, but... Uh, I, I think the like I said, the, I think the movie holds up because of how timely it, it is today. Yeah. Um, the other great scene that I, I, I love from this movie more than any other movie is um, the scene where his his son, still trying to prove that he's mm-hmm. a superhero, comes in and points a gun at him, and and Bruce Willis like talks him down, saying he's going to leave. Yeah. Did you have a thing about it? But you know, it's funny. I hadn't watched this movie in 
a bazillion years. Yeah. And then I watched it with Sarah recently and I had completely forgotten that scene and it was just like, holy shit. That's, yeah. It's a fucking awesome. Well, yeah. So, so what, what I was found out while I was looking this up is that, uh, Shyamalan based that off of uh, a, a real thing that happened to George Reeves who played Superman in the, in the <laughs> old, old TV series. <laughs> Um, where he was, he was at like a public event, and a kid came up and pointed a real loaded gun at him, <laughs> and he talked him down in the same way, kind of saying that, "Hey, you know, if you if you shoot me, I'll be fine, but it might ricochet and hurt somebody. You got to put the gun down, kid." But that fucked George Reeves up for life. Yeah, he was That's never the crazy. same after that. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I mean, it's it's a great scene, and I, I kind of like it for that mm. added like, oh shit, this could really happen because mm-hmm. it did really happen. But yeah, the, the the big twist in this movie is you find out that that brittle Elijah Price, Mister Glass, is is the evil Lex Luthor mastermind who has been masterminding these these cataclysmic events to try and find these lone survivors who are who are the superhero thing. It's a good twist. Yeah, it's all right. That one would be my second favorite. Of I, the I, I quite twists. like that one. Um, that one's that one's behind Sixth Sense for me. See, I I, I think I like it because it really. I guess it's hard for me to judge the Sixth Sense twist because I knew about it going yeah. in. But this one, I didn't think it was going to be a twist movie. This is before it mm. can, particularly when it gets to superhero, you know, you get you realize that superhero. I was like, well, there's not going to be a big twist to this because it's not a suspense movie. And then when it hits, it was, you know, it blew my mind, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. That's fair. You did have one rune for you that could affect your, uh, your personal opinion of it. <laughs> right. Uh, so you, I'm definitely, I'm still saying that's better than Transformers. Yeah. I don't oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie. Um, so we follow that up two years later with Signs with Mel Gibson when Mel Gibson was still a thing and Joaquin Phoenix before he went crazy. And actually is the, the, the film debut of Abigail Breslin. And I did not know that the, the other kid is Rory Culkin, one of the other Culkins that all look exactly that's the same. That's Rory Culkin? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. They're all the exact same. It's a, it's a movie about... An alien invasion, and yeah. uh, and Mel Gibson as a former priest struggling with his faith, and somehow those combine. But I, M. Night Shyamalan describes it himself, and I would agree this is his most popcorn movie. I feel like this is his most yeah. conventional movie of the whole lot. Not really heavy on a twist in this. I movie. mean, there is a slight one. There, there is a twist, and this, this is this is the one where I think is the first chink in the armor. Because I think there's people who love this movie and there's people that hate this movie and it all hinges on one line. You either buy Swing Away Merrill or you don't. You know, when it gets to the part where, you know, all the things start clicking and all the twists start coming together and, you know, he realized the Swing Away Merrill is batting the glasses of water around that's going to defeat the aliens. Either you love that shit or you don't. I loved it, but I remember my buddy Zach, who I went to saw it yeah. with, fucking hated it. Like, we came out of the same movie with the complete opposite. And everyone I talked to about it, it sort of hinges on that. I actually don't consider this... This is... My favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. All right, that's fair. I, I love this film. Uh, it's definitely the most watchable, like rewatchable of all of them, I think. I will say it's my favorite for two reasons. Uh, number one, what you're talking about mm-hmm. here, I don't believe it as a twist because I believe that you have what I think makes this movie really special is you have these kind of like quirky traits for all of your characters right. that end up being important. So you right, have like right. the former baseball star right. and the the daughter who has to have brand new water every day. Right. Like, like I like how he incorporates these things that make these characters seem real, but gives them a plot point at the end. Yeah. I, I thought that was cool. It has my favorite M. Night Shyamalan scene in it, which I think is the scariest, most terrifying scene, and it, one, one of the scariest scenes of any movie I've ever seen, definitely on the list, which is the Mexican's Absolutely. birthday party. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> when that alien walks by, 
every time. <laughs> Joaquin's <laughs> reaction is my reaction. That's that's totally that to this that is great. day. Uh, it is terrifying. It yeah. is. Well, I think it's 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 kind of a mixture of, of one. It's like it's it's a very normal setting, and two. Up to that point, you weren't sure if you were going to get to see anything. Like yeah. they, they had very much played the monster in the dark, and then you when you see it, you aren't expecting to see it, even though like you know that that's God, what the video is about. Chills just it's, thinking about. I knew too, man. It's yeah. scary as shit. That's a great scene. Yeah, I, I that's another one I saw in a packed auditorium too, and people went. Oh yeah, I'll bet. yeah! The downside to this movie is M Night Shyamalan as an actor. In Definitely, it. he plays a big part in this. He is the guy who murders Mel Gibson's wife by accident, fell asleep at the wheel. But uh, this is what causes Mel Gibson to stop being a pastor, and there's a weird tension and that whole subplot. I don't really like, but I I do really love this movie. And you see, it's weird to me that that's the thing you think that people break on is the swingway Merrill bit because that plays into like like we're talking about like that's that's the whole point of the movie isn't about the aliens. The movie is about Mel Gibson's crisis of faith. Well, okay, I think what it is is a, a lot of people think that. Why the fuck would aliens who are weakness is water invade Earth? No, yeah. and that's a real thing. I but, would, I'm digging on that. That but, would be my complaint. But my thing is, again, these are Twilight Zone episodes. It's not about plausibility. It's yeah. about the point. That's true. You know? Well, like you talked about, the movie's not about the aliens. Right, right. So the plot point of them disliking water, like... I, and I'm a fan of logic, and that is a logical fallacy <laughs> for sure. But that's not the point of the film. Uh... And besides, if they if they don't have a weakness and aliens come, we are doomed. No, I'm, I'm fine with. I'm just saying he went the same route as as like H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, sure. except dumber. Yeah, I guess that's true. I I automatically relate it to War of the Worlds. So yeah, yeah, it's mm. you know, but I like this movie. Yeah, it's better than it's Transformers. Still, it's definitely still better than Transformers. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. It's a bad twist though. It's it is not a great <laughs> twist. Um, so that brings us to The Village in 2004, which I have not seen. So I'm going to cede the floor to you, Christian. The Village starring Joaquin Phoenix again, because again, M. Night Shyamalan loves to reuse actors. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Adrian Brody, William Hurt, Sigourney Weaver, big, like, all-star cast in this movie. Uh, Takes place in a Puritan village um, that are being attacked by large beaver monster things. The twist in this film is... That's all bullshit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, is, that is the <laughs> It's a science experiment in the present day in a state park. And the old people who came there, who started the experiment, mm. really love their life. So they're lying to their children. And to keep them to stay from in the little Puritan village, they've created beaver monsters. Uh, Adrian Brody is mentally handicapped in the film. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is supposed to be blind. It's a lot of people with disabilities. Again, a movie most people hate that I absolutely love. I mean, this one pissed a lot of people off, and I think it's because the twist kind of like it, it, to some people, it invalidates their experience. Yep. Like, which is the whole point of the, you know, like the twist, but I think people just didn't take well to that. Uh, First of all, just a little tangent on this. One of the things I don't understand why this guy gets bagged on so much about the twist is why doesn't also... Okay, I can't think of his name now. Dark Knight director. Christopher Nolan. Why doesn't Christopher Nolan get bagged for twists? All his movies hinge on twists, too, except for maybe Dunkirk. You know, but the twist in this reminds me of the twist in Interstellar, which was about... 30 seconds into it, I had figured out what the twist was. So so it was like, okay, well, that's just a part of the twist. And there's going to be a mind-blowing part to that twist. Mm. And then the mind-blowing shit never happened. It was just, oh, yeah, it's in present day. 
I, I like the reason why I like this movie a lot, and the reason why I like the twist is to me, it's the first, it's, and this is kind of what M. Knight does in his career, and it doesn't work out for him, but I feel like this was the right step, which is I'm going to make a movie that addresses this trope about me. I'm going to turn it on, turn it on its head, and maybe I can move away from it. And that's what he does, and I feel like that's the right thing to do because you try to get that monkey off your back but he he does it so he follows it up so poorly but i i do like the twist in this movie i i like this movie a lot i mean i bryce ellis howard's one of my favorite actresses i like it okay too i i you know i'm bagging on a little but i it's the first one that the twist made me groan yeah i love the aesthetic right the Mm. set design in this this movie is really great because it's a very like colonial yeah feel to it but it also kind of feels like um i remember being in college and i had to read this um book uh, it was like a short story. This guy's walking through the woods somewhere in New England, and on the way, he meets the devil. And so as he's walking through the woods, and it's like fall, and he's having this conversation with the devil. And this movie really kind of, when I read that short story, this movie was more of an embodiment of what I visualized in my head. It's like New England, and there's right. leaves falling, and it just it feels creepy, and there's these beaver monster things. And I don't know. I like this film. The twist, probably middle of the road, but... It's fair. Was it better or worse than Transformers? The movie? Yeah. Yeah, better than Transformers. I'd go with better, too. Well, you want to follow it up with uh, Lady in the Water? Came out a couple years later. This is really when things got bad. Uh, Again, Bryce Dallas Howard. Right. Paul Giamatti. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone else in this movie. I mean, there's a bunch of people. I mean, first of all, Paul Giamatti is great in anything he's in. That's true. You put him in the worst thing, and he's watchable. This movie is about uh, people who live in an apartment complex. Yes. And uh, it's a real-life fairy tale where, like, uh, Arthurian legend where there's a lady in the water in this lake. There's a lady in their pool, and um, there are fantastical creatures trying to get to her. I think they're, like, these weird tree wolf things, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, I haven't. I only watched this movie once. It's bad. It is not good. Uh, you probably remember more than I do. I actually, I don't, but I think I liked it more than you did. Yeah. I don't know... There's the guy who only works out one side of his body. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's just a bunch of weird characters. I can't remember the the exact like nuts and bolts of the twist, but I, I can remember like the the overall theme and I liked it, which was this guy had been led to believe up until a point that he's like a chosen one type mm-hmm. character. And then he turns out that he's not the chosen one type yep. character. And that's that speaks to me. I always want that to happen in chosen one type movies. Uh, so uh, when that didn't happen, I was super on board with it. But then, you know, he still decides, well, I'm not the chosen one, but I still got to do this shit. And I yeah. liked that a lot. You're right. I remember there's like a scene for a moment where like he realizes what everyone's role is. I right. think I remember that. Like he like looks at people and he, he sees like the allegory of who they're supposed right. to be in the story. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not great. I mean, it's, there's a lot of it that's head up your own ass writer shit. And yeah. I fucking hate writers. They're my least favorite kind of people. So there's a, so there is a part of me that should hate it, but I kind of like it. Yeah. I'll be honest, your description of it sounds kind of intriguing. It, it sounds better than the trailer for it. It is, I think it's worth a watch. I think if you watched it, you would be disappointed. But as Hurt said, <laughs> Paul Giamatti is fantastic yeah. in everything. So. And he's in, like, every scene, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, the movies are definitely about him. Uh, so that brings us to 2008, The Happening. Ar- arguably the nadir of this entire uh, filmography. I fucking hate this movie. It is atrocious. But it is so it is, bad. It's, 
I mean, it is genuinely laughable. Like, I laughed at it while I was watching it. Uh, it's not intended to be at all. It stars Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, who is probably giving his best, and his best is not very good. Do you know what I think? I honestly believe that in this movie, he's playing the same character he plays in Transformers. He is! He's playing guy who yells what's happening on screen. Yeah, he's also supposed to be a scientist. And yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like even the same yeah, sort of accent. That's yeah. true. But it's all like, the people are getting killed by the wind. We need to run. <laughs> I don't know why I, I I gave him a speech impediment, but I did. It's I, Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Here, it, okay. So the Mark Wahlberg, probably the height of his career at this point. Yeah. Yep. He just had a couple, like a run of like three or four movies that were all pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And so then he gets an M. Night Shyamalan movie, who up to this point has been a hit. Right. Lady in the Water has been a misstep. People are like, oh, that's just one film. The Village wasn't really liked. Lady in the Water was pretty rough. He'll get it right. He's got an A-list star in yep. this movie. And literally, it all goes wrong. Absolutely. The movie, the twist is, the plants are really mad at us. Yep. Because we're killing the earth, so they decide to kill us. In very brutal suicidal ways like turning your lawnmower on and then allowing it to run over you. It's very comical. Yeah. It, you know, it wants to be a Twilight Zone episode, but it's more like a Tales from the Dark Side episode or even worse, <laughs> Friday the 13th the series. Yeah. Like, it's it's bad. I can't go back and watch it. I watched it one time. No, you it's shouldn't. horrible. But it, 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 there's a lot of scenes of, of people being, like, just standing really still and being really afraid of the wind. And that's the movie. Yeah, I, I, I you know, a, a little bit insider pool between the three of us and Ian, wherever he is, uh, um, listening. The main thing I remember about it is by the second week, it was an auditorium number four. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's bad. Yeah, that's bad, right? So... <laughs> I was going to say the nadir, and then I, I follow it up. I forgot about this one. Uh, you, after the happening, which, as we've established, was not a, a commercial or critical right. success in right. any way, shape, or form, still somehow got attached to... Go ahead. Wait. I was going to say, not only worse than Transformers, but worse than Marky Mark's Transformer movie. Yeah, yes. that's probably true. No, that's true. He still got, got attached to uh, The Last Airbender, which got changed from Avatar The Last Airbender because the movie Avatar came out about the same time. Um, this hurts my soul. Oh, it hurts my soul. Well, for those for those who have not seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, it is a, a innovative and amazing Nickelodeon animated show that that won the hearts and minds of children and adults everywhere. Yeah, and the movie is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I know so much. Think he thought this is what's going to be the next step in my career. He this is going to be did. when I get off doing the Twilight Zone episodes, and I'm going to do big, you know, this popcorn blocks. This is where he thought he was going to get Harry Potter. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, what? I'll tell you one great thing about this movie. Everyone hates it, and everyone's right. It's a unifier. <laughs> that's oh, true. That's you true. can agree with anybody about it. R's and T's, listen up. <laughs> it, uh, I actually think the special effects aren't that bad in this movie, but I just don't get, I don't understand any decision that's made. No. Nope. I don't. The casting, why you change the pronunciation of names, yep. you know, why you rush through certain story elements, like, I don't know, man, it's well, so Well, you know, bad. one thing that was, and you know, they did set this up that there was going to be multiple ones, but they also tried to make it to where it would be sort of self-contained, yeah. and I think a few years later, and a different director 
they wouldn't have shot for that. They were like, oh, we need to make this so it'll sprout out over seven or eight movies, yeah. you know, which is what it should have done. For but sure. A, but again, it's based off uh, an already existing animated series that already does that. Like, right. it, it's, it's following the basic format of the first season, the first book of the series, mm-hmm. which does exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It, it closes off the character arc of that story, but also leaves it open to greater adventures. Uh, but somehow, despite... Having great source material to work with, right. just it, couldn't fucking do it. Well, it. It misses its own point completely. Dev Patel is the only person you know from this movie. This is pretty early off the off the heels of Slumdog Millionaire, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I think a, a big problem with this movie is I, I am a fan of animated to live action interpretations. I don't care how bad the Flintstones you, you are is. A rarity. Uh, <laughs> I will watch that movie, and I'm still dying for a Jetsons movie. And the Scooby-Doo <laughs> movies, I like them. Uh, but the pro- all of those things have something in common, which is there's no plot in Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones, or the Jetsons. Right. There's no overarching, like, uh, nobody really cares if Daphne and Fred actually end up together. Right, right, right. It's just shtick. As it's long just, as you get yes. the shtick right, it's, it's fine. It's fine. So the problem with avatar is there is a plot and it does go a place and by the way had only been off the air like maybe a year when the movie came out so it was very fresh we knew it very very well and you want and it's the same trouble with like video game movies like we were talking about on the news episode like when you've already given it to me why do i need it again right Mm -hmm. right netflix is going to make a live action avatar series and I'm a more on board with it because one, you're doing it as a series and not as a movie. Two, the original creators are back, you know, producing it. Number three, it's been about a decade. Right. I'm I can do some more. Right, right. It's time for a new take yeah. on it. It's like that wasn't a new take. That was just like, oh, we're doing this again right now. Yep. And four, M. Night Shyamalan is not attached. <laughs> yes, that's also great. This movie is absolutely worse than Transformers. It is yeah. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it's partially because it, it broke my little Avatar-loving heart. Yeah. Also, no twist in this movie. Oh, yeah, it's true. No twist in this movie. But is that the twist? Oh, that oh. might be. Uh, well, see, that's that's what I would say about this movie, and this is where we would love to have Ian, because Ian liked this movie, After Earth. With, God, uh, it's horrible. Will and Jaden Smith, kind of, it was really the first thing Will Smith did after Earth. Well, first of all, are we skipping Devil, or is Devil after well, this? Well, I, I, I meant to write it in here, because he didn't actually direct it. He wrote didn't, Devil. But he wrote Devil. Well, the but, only reason I wanted to bring up it. Devil, uh, only reason I wanted to bring up Devil, I don't really to talk about it but you know that that character was originally intended to be a villain in an unbreakable se- uh sequel really? really yeah yeah the uh and he just remanufactured the script for uh for a i i think the main problem with that movie is it wasn't called elevator straight to hell yeah <laughs> that would have been a fucking great name for i that movie. i really like devil yeah i, I thought it was pretty good i too. enjoyed that movie no elevator I, I think elevator to hell is fine see i think you got to do straight. straight it sends more metal that way yeah <laughs> you, you can hear you can hear like Rob Halford hitting the high notes on it. <laughs> but it, yeah, all right, that is a substantially better title than Devil. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, you follow up with uh, After Earth, which is a movie that is just a straight movie. There is no twist in this movie. It's about a dad and a son crash what was land the on movie Earth. That was out at the same time. That was the same movie because I watched that movie instead of this, but I don't remember what that movie was. I don't remember. There was some other like. Crash landed on a uh, 
on a desolate sort of thing movie out at the exact same time, and I can't remember what it was. I don't remember. I'm sure you're right. Mm. You remember this stuff better than I do, but I don't know. This movie's bad. It's stupid. The acting's horrible. Will Smith has the weirdest accent, I think, ever spoken by a person on screen, and that's including Kevin Costner's Robin Hood accent. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, that, one's, that one's endearingly bad. <laughs> Jane Smith has no business being in the movies. The CGI is awful. This movie sucks. I'd rather watch The Last Airbender, because... At least then, like, I can sit and make fun of it. This right. movie, I can't even sit through. Yeah, is Has Jaden Smith ever done anything good? Look, I think the new Karate Kid ain't that bad. All right, fair <laughs> enough. He's, he's, he's got very, very wise thoughts to share with the world on Twitter. Oh, boy, does it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, and, and I feel like I feel like we're, we're hitting, worse than Transformers. Definitely worse than Transformers. Yeah. I feel like we're bottoming out here at, at, at you know kind of the the low point when people thought M Night Shyamalan was dead and gone and good riddance. Well, the amazing thing is, like you talked about earlier, he kept getting projects. Yep, people no, this, kept giving him money. Literally, two thousand, two thousand two, two thousand four, two thousand six, two thousand eight, two thousand you know go so on and so yeah. forth every two years. But I, I need to check on this. But I'm pretty sure this is a Blumhouse movie. Uh, but it, it kind of came in under the radar and. They didn't broadcast very much that M. Night Shyamalan was attached, but uh, The Visit, kind of a low-budget horror movie about kids visiting their grandparents and realizing something's not right here. You've seen it, right? I've seen it, and I fucking love it. It's got great reviews. It it might be my favorite of his movies. It's definitely my favorite twist. Mm. Uh, You know, and I was starting off, like, in a hole, you know, M. Night hadn't done anything I love in a while, and it was a found footage movie, which, you know, first of all, horror movies are pretty bad, and found footage horror movies are the bottom of the fucking barrel. They're just awful. Uh, I have a personal rivalry with the Blair Witch Project. It's <laughs> my least favorite movie out of all movies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I, you know, I was not set to love this, and I fucking love it. Uh, since you guys have both not seen it, I'm I, not going to... I know no. the twist. Oh, Spoil you know, it. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Uh, well, I mean, basically the twist is these kids have the worst parent of all time. Mm-hmm. And they they send... I can't remember the nuts and bolts of how they get sent to stay with their grandparents. And a lot of it, it just starts off like something we've all experienced. You go stay at a relative's house and everything there is just fucking weird. Yeah. But you start to think, maybe I'm the asshole. Maybe I'm just being mm. ungrateful. And then it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. And the twist is, it's not really their grandparents. And all this weird like stuff that they've thought where they're psychos and killers and shit like that is true. <laughs> and it's fucking... And, and, and it was... I'm very good, and you know, this is going to sound like a Jenna Maroney uh, backdoor brag, but uh, I'm very good at taking apart twists. I once took apart a twist of a movie in the first scene. So uh, this one completely caught me off guard when I had it, I, when it happened. It was fucking terrifying because, you know, you really like these kids at yeah. this point, even though they're annoying, they're also endearing, and you're really fearful for them when it happens. Cannot recommend this one highly enough. Definitely better than Transformers. Do the kids die? The kids don't die. Good. Just out of curiosity, how? <laughs> what? How is it not like what what happened to the grandparents? I can't remember the nuts and bolts of it, but I swear it makes sense. Okay, you should watch it just for. I I do. I kind of want to watch it. I it's on my list. I remember seeing the trailers and thinking that looked very interesting. Yeah, Yeah. it it was one of those. It's my favorite of his movies and my favorite of the twists. 
Um, but that brings us up to Split, which is very recent. What was that last year or the year before? I guess it was 2019. It's probably 2017. Yeah. Um, but but kind of the 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 I guess the, the twist in this movie is that it's a sequel to, to Unbreakable, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a strange twist. Yeah. But, it well, might I, be the worst twist. It might be. Well, you know, I mean, I guess it's also a twist when you get to the point where you realize James McAvoy actually does have superpowers. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what I, that's what I think the the if if they didn't tag that extra thing on the end, I think that would be the twist. But right. I don't know if this was like an original plan or if he was just like maybe that twist isn't good enough. Let's right. add another one. But you know what? So I remember when the trailers for this movie came out. The the whole premise is these these young girls get kidnapped. Uh, James McAvoy is a dude who has 23 different personalities living in one body, and the trailer looked ridiculous. I thought to myself, this is the, the most ridiculous premise. It cannot work. James McAvoy kills the shit out of this He's movie. He's so good in it. Of, of all the people playing... Also buff as shit in this movie. Also true. Um, of all the people, him having 23 personalities is the most believable thing in this movie. Anya Taylor-Joy, who's supposed to just be a scared, kidnapped girl, is... Unbelievable! Like I don't, I feel like she just got dropped there. Yeah, he he really, uh, you know, he goes for it. He does. He does. He's so good. He goes hard in it. Yeah. I don't want to say this is a good movie because it's not. Like without the twist at the very end, I don't think it's. It, I think it's it's okay. It's entertaining. But see, that's the thing. I was entertained by. I don't think it aspires more to be than being entertaining. Mm-hmm. So it meets the goals it set mm-hmm. for itself. I think it's a good movie. It's all right. I don't. I don't love this movie. I didn't love this movie. Like you know, at the time it came out. God, people were raving about it. They were. Uh, I never. I didn't walk out of it thinking like, "Oh, this is fantastic." But I was pe- like, oh, "I was all right." People were more excited about the fan service element with the Bruce Willis at the end than they were about the actual. See, movie. I don't believe that's true because I know a lot of people who did not get. You didn't understand what no, that that was. Uh, I think there were a lot of people maybe online and the you know the. The things that we like, yeah, uh, that saw that. But I think the average moviegoer just enjoyed the kind of like blockbuster horror movie, you know, well, like I, toned I do, down. I do think the twist with the Bruce Willis thing, even if people didn't get it, did put a lot of those people's asses in the seats. Yeah, because everybody was talking about, oh, the scene at the end, man, That's it's so true. fucking true. Yeah, cool. and it's so weird that a movie. Because, you know, he had kind of been on an up and down thing, but what really brought him back is tying into a movie that was not financially successful yeah. when it came out. I, you know, it, it grew a cult following. It did, afterwards. that's true. Yeah, yeah. This movie's better than Transformers. This movie so, yeah. is better than Transformers. And, and again, uh, despite the fact that the movie itself is is better than Transformers, but not much more than that, James McAvoy is incredible. In yeah. I, I give him an A-plus for this performance. Um, and... And every character. Yeah, like, no, no, not just like one. Like it, they're it, all good. Hundred percent believable, which is ridiculous. It should not work. Right. Yeah, but right. he makes it work. And I don't know that there are other actors who could have pulled off the same thing. Yeah, I'm not. You know, it's so funny because we we talked a lot about and we talked a little bit about last week about you know taking these movies seriously and like are they Oscar worthy or whatever. He gives an incredible performance yep. in that movie. It will never get nominated. It wouldn't. It would never have gotten nominated for anything. But at the end of the day, that probably was one of the best ten best ten best performances yeah. of twenty seventeen. Yeah. Like he goes hard. He in that does. Movie. I love. I love. He goes the uh, the one where he goes to the therapist and he's like one of the personalities pretending to be the other yes. personality. Yeah. <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I, I super buy into it. And yeah. so yeah, that that leads us into uh, to Glass, which is the 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 capstone of of the the Unbreakable Split trilogy, where Elijah Price as Mister Glass is is conspiring to try and 
you make make superheroes known to the world and mm-hmm. I guess escape out of this insane asylum where they all ended up. I don't know how that happened, but we're gonna find out because it comes out this Friday. It looks dumb. It looks dumb. Reviews are not good, but see, I'm still gonna see it. I think it looks good, and I don't give a shit about the reviews. I think I I'm very critical of critics in that. It probably comes from more reading music criticism than movie criticism. Mm. But if you notice with music criticism, you can't give a band more than three good reviews in a row. Mm-hmm. On the fourth one, it's got to be a bad review just so you have something to fucking write about. <laughs> and I think that now that everyone on earth is a mu- is a uh, amateur movie critic, you know, including us. Um, it's in our name, though. Yeah, uh, you know, I think... There's just a need to, oh, I want to be the first guy that calls it on this one that it's yeah. bad. I I think it'll probably be pretty fun. I just, the twist of, of Split is kind of my least favorite part of Split. Like, I just, I don't, I don't need it to connect. Right. I don't love David Dunn. I like the world of Unbreakable, but yeah. I don't really like that character. And uh, I just didn't need the two to mix. So for me, it's like the Split in it. The, the the twist and split is M. Night Shyamalan saying, I really want to make more money. <laughs> it's been a hard decade. I need some more money. I'm going to give you this to guarantee at least one more movie. 100%. And that just feels like a cop-out to me. And so I'm not very excited for this movie, but I mean, I'll see it because, of course, I've seen the first two. Yeah. And I've seen everything else besides The Visit that you guys made. I think you pointed out exactly why. I, I like this world a lot. I like this idea of these like muted superheroes. You take away the spandex. You take away like kind of these crazy powers, but there's still like something there. There's still something superhuman about them. Um, but it's not like outrageous and mm-hmm. just how that fits into what would otherwise be a pretty normal world. Um, and I don't know. I just think that's a really interesting concept. And I, I feel like that could definitely be fleshed out more as kind of a, a different take than your standard Marvel movies or whatever. You could have made split in the same universe as unbreakable and not connected them. It could have been like an anthology thing. Like this is the world and no, these definitely. are just different stories Absolutely. within that world. And I would dig that. Yeah. I think I'd prefer that. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I think I just, I'm a big proponent of, uh, creating new superheroes and stuff yep. like that. Yeah. We don't need to just come always redo the guys we've already done. So I'm, I'm pretty into that. He sort of created his own little superhero universe uh-huh. here. It definitely is the best of that. Yeah. Like, you know, what do we have it to compare to that Will Smith movie? Hancock. That movie sucks. <laughs> uh, I, I like Hancock, but I'm sure there's another origin originals. I mean, Brightburn, whenever that comes yeah. out. Unbreakable still probably the best of right. the original mm. superhero. Mystery Men. Mystery Men. <laughs> you Mystery could go Man. back as far as Meteor Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But M. Night Shyamalan, he's a uh, love him or hate him. Well, well, as we've established, love him or hate him, he's going to make a movie every two years until we die. <laughs> right. yeah. So, But uh, no, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm with her to like, I, we, we do it. This, uh, it's our, whole, our whole premise here is to, is to shit on people. For the most part, but I fully support. If you want to go out there and create shit, keep creating shit. I may like it, I may not, but I'm glad you're out there making new stuff. Here's the thing about him. He's so funny because he has movies that I legitimately hate. Yeah. I hate The Happening. <laughs> Me too. And The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. But if someone said, oh, are you an M. Night Shyamalan fan? I'm probably going to be like, yeah, well, I was I about am. to ask, as a concept, is M. Night Shyamalan better than Transformers? Ooh, it's a good question. I'm going to say yes. I'm going with yes. I think that, I think... Movies need M. Night Shyamalan. I, I think film is better over the last 20 years because he No, you know, you know I, I'll agree with that. I think, I, I think so, too. I like getting fooled by a twist. It's one of my favorite experiences in a story, yeah. and he's done it to me a few times. So I'm, 
I'm cool with him throwing spaghetti at the wall until one sticks, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, the, the, he was obviously better in the beginning. He struggled a little bit. If he could get back to this, like, I'm going to take a genre movie and then I'm going to add my own little thing to it, which mm. are these twists. So, like, he made a, a like a haunted house ghost movie. Right. And then he made a superhero movie. And then he made an alien invasion movie. And all of them were the same, except they had that little M. Night Shyamalan flair. I like that. Can we go back to that? Where's the M. Night Shyamalan rom-com? I want that movie. <laughs> well, I think if Unbreakable would have been a hit initially, that's what his career was going to be. Yeah. It was going right. I'm going to do a take on a different genre every time I do something. Oh, I would love to see an M. Night Shyamalan rom-com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I'd be excited for what the twist is. <laughs> Look, I didn't want him to direct any Harry Potter movies, but if he wanted to make a wizard movie, they're definitely better than the, the Fantastic Beast ones we're getting right now. It's a low bar, but yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Go see Glass if you want to. No one's making <laughs> it. Uh, what are you guys been watching? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll start because I don't have much. I've only been watching critic, watching and listening to Critical Role. It's my entire life, and I'm burning the fuck through it. It's great. You're killing it. I am. Um, I also have watched <laughs> nothing but Critical Role this week. Not quite as much as Joseph. Um the only other thing I did watch this week is I went, well I watched a lot of football but I went back, Oh yeah, I also watched a lot of football. I went back and rewatched Ocean's 8 and I enjoyed it more the second oh, good. time. Uh I do think I, I think that movie does a disservice to I, I still have issues with the plot of that movie, but those all of those characters and the actresses that play them are perfectly cast. Yeah. And Hathaway is hilarious she's so good in that role and uh sandra bullock i i want to see another one and i hope danny's not really dead because i think her and that character of debbie ocean with danny ocean together would be a really fun movie can yeah can we bring in can we bring in julia roberts also yeah she's somewhere exists in there yeah bring julia roberts back in oceans nine uh but well, what if what if we made it all? What if we made it to Ocean's Ten, and then we just had a really confusing watch order yeah, yeah. twenty years <laughs> down the line? So what if? Um, okay, let's say that he is still alive. What if they made a movie with, with the two crews versus each other? That would be to a blast. The same that would be fantastic. Where's my check? A better than that's better than Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, same plot, but you care more. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah, that's really it. You know, it's funny. I was going to be pretty embarrassed about my list of things watched because nothing's new in it. But you guys only care about Critical Role. Right well, now, every yeah. week it's on D and D podcast. Uh, I did multiple things. I've already done. Uh, first of all, I uh, uh, continuity. A couple weeks ago, I said I was reading the Beastie Boys book. Now I'm listening to the Beastie Boys audio book. Now you may wonder why would you listen to an audio book of a book you just read. Uh, I don't know if you guys have looked at this, but it has this incredible cast reading it. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Ben Midler, Snoop Dogg, Steve Buscemi. Uh, I think Samuel Jackson's in there somewhere, but I haven't got to him. What? Yeah, just like uh, just an insane cast of uh, of people reading various chapters, as well as Ad Rock and Mike D also reading some chapters, and it's really hilarious and it's worth listening to, even if you've read that book. Well, that sounds funny. Um, the other thing is also a thing I've uh, I've uh, already watched before, but I figured since I wasn't here for the episode, uh, I, I watched Solo again. It's on Netflix, even though I have it on Blu-ray. It's easier to push a button on Netflix. It than is. Gotta, and uh, I love that movie. It's yeah. uh, it's a super fun Star Wars movie. People who complain that it's a by the numbers, 
what the fuck do you expect Star Wars to be? It's like the most by the numbers thing. That's like the whole joy of Star Wars is the thing that's supposed to happen happens. It's super fun. Yeah. It's super fun. Ian hates it, but I don't know. Ian, you know, Ian probably watched it too many times. Maybe. That's, he apparently just fell asleep to it too many yeah. times. <laughs> Um, but is that it? That's it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. If uh, if you have any more thoughts about M Night Shyamalan, things uh, movies you like better than we did, or things that you think are worse, better twists, whatever, uh, send us your thoughts at better than transformers at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies. Uh, again, please please rate, subscribe, tell your friends. And yeah, we'll come back to you next week. I don't know. Is there anything coming out next weekend? Glass. We literally just talked. We're in the dead season. (laughs) It's tough to go see. I even have the AMC movie pass thing. I know, but but maybe maybe we'll do a topic episode next week. Yeah, I like topic episodes. Yeah, we haven't done one in a while. Um, But uh, thanks to uh, Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.